Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Sales Strategy Mondays. I am your host, Chanel Coons, and today we have on the show Viv and Tosh of Ace the Gram. I am thrilled to have these two on the show to teach us all about lead generation on Instagram. Viv and Tosh themselves have a combined 200,000 net followers on their personal Instagrams and have worked clients' accounts from 70 followers to 1.5 million followers across Australia, the US, the UK, and New Zealand. They have a ton of great insights and we've recorded them right here for you. Thank you so much. It's exciting to have you both here because last time I only talked to Viv and that was such a great interview and I'm sad that it was lost, but the fact that I can have both of you on is such a treat. So thank you both for being here, Tosh and Viv, to talk about how to create leads on Instagram. Everyone's on Instagram. Everyone wants to know how to create leads on Instagram. So we are so privileged to have Instagram here to tell us more about how to do that. Can you two give me a little intro into who you two are and what is Ace the Gram? Sure. Um, so for reference, the voice speaking is Tash. And if Viv speaks, that's Viv's voice. <laughs> and um, we've, had, we've had Ace the Gram, which is an Instagram specialist company, for about four years now. But we've been Instagram marketing for about six years. And we work with a range of industries and just help them reach and convert their target audience using Instagram. Very cool. You both have interesting stories, like origin stories of how you came to start Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And we came to Instagram in slightly different ways. So at university or college, I was start, I started a small sportswear brand. So I was using Instagram to drive the majority of traffic to my website to make sales. And then Tash came at it from a slightly different perspective. So she was putting together almost her portfolio of food styling and recipes to go out to potential employers at the time to sort of show them what she could do a little bit a little bit more creatively than just in CV form. So for us, we sort of were in the same group project. We knew we could work well together. And at the same time, we were chatting all the time about how you know Instagram was working for us in those different ways. And I think now having those sort of brand and influencer perspectives gives us a really unique standpoint when we're working with brands and campaigns and influencers. Yeah. So you guys started your own Instagrams mostly out of you weren't trying to make any money with, oh no, yours was, Viv. Yours is a business. Yeah, yeah. And then Tasha's was more to like build a portfolio sort of thing for after she graduated. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely didn't set out to, you know, work with lots of companies and have it as a full, um, you know, thing happening, but it gradually grew that way. And then it's been really beneficial because we run a lot of influence marketing campaigns for our clients now and being on the other side of the table. So being on the influencer side, I've learned so much about communication and what makes a good campaign and what makes it fair for both the influencer and the brand. Yeah. And then what inspired this was, sorry, because I've already heard this story and I thought it was so fascinating. So then you, you guys had all of your friends were like, yo, your Instagram's growing. Tell me more about what you were doing. Yeah, we sort of knew that we wanted to work together and you know, with that, I suppose any business needs to solve a problem and why not solve the problem that the most people are, you know, asking you to solve. So that's sort of where it started. And it's kind of grown from there. We've done a lot of account management, done a lot of online courses and virtual webinars and in-person workshops. And we've kind of come full circle now. We're back sort of managing campaigns and big accounts for larger companies now. And I see that you're doing online webinars considering the state that the world is in, like instead of your in-person 
trainings. You're doing webinars right now as well. Yeah, so that's actually been a really cool um, thing that's come out of, you know, not such a good situation is taking our workshops, which are normally in person online, because that means that no longer does our audience have to be from New Zealand who attends a live workshop. Now we can cater to that audience that we've built overseas. And it also means that there's just so much more scope for, you know, how we can work with those people. And also that one-on-one interaction is is actually quite strong because, you know, if you've ever used Zoom before, Zoom is such a great way of having that person's face along the side of your screen while you're trying to help them personally with their business. So yeah, we're super lucky that there's so many opportunities virtually that businesses have at the moment, even if the actual brick and mortar store is shut down or if their business has been impacted in a big way. We're seeing some really cool ways that people are pivoting at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I used to view conference calls as kind of, I can't think of the word. I just feel like they're more intimate now. Like, as you mentioned, like you can see someone's face and when you don't have social contact otherwise, it can be this really like intimate exchange, even though it's platonic, you know, but like to where you're, you're sitting in front of someone, you can see their facial expressions, you can really connect with them. And so as once before, I perceived it as something that was low on things that I did for my business. It's something that's become a priority and something I need to do and something I've learned to like value. So that's just my perspective in sales wise, business to, to individual. It's been really powerful. Yeah. And I think, I think you're so right about that because people come to our workshops or business owners or marketers often, you know, they're in work mode, they're all dressed up, they come, they sit down, they take notes and it's all very formal. But we're finding with these Zoom calls with all of our workshop participants, they're in the context of their own house at the moment. Like their kid might walk past in the background Mm -hmm. and after sort of lunch break, they'll mention what snack they had. And it's a lot more, we get so much more insight into them as a whole person and how their business works and how it intermingles with their life. So it's actually been, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Okay. So let's pop into this. Your top five tips for generating leads on Instagram. You guys are very qualified to be sharing these insights with us. Let's get started. So you say the first tip here is to optimize your profile. Yeah. And I suppose this is the most, you know, with anything that you do, you need to at the very start figure out, okay, well, you know, I'm going to use Instagram as a channel to achieve this for me, whether it be, um, you know, in this case, getting leads for my business. And what we want to what we want to create is this little space of that you have on the internet, so that anytime someone clicks over to your profile, they're going to get a complete understanding of what you're about, what you offer, um, what your service may be, um, and also who you serve. So, if we can think about different ways that we can sort of portray that, we've got a number of different options sort of ready for us. We've got, you know, our profile picture should be consistent across all channels. Is it our logo or a picture of us? If it's a real personal brand, um, you know what. What does our bio look like? Is it like a bullet pointed format of all the services we offer? Again, who we are serving and what that looks like from a potential client's point of view. And then on obviously we also have our content, right? So in terms of feed posts and stories, what value can we be putting out there? Um, and when someone clicks over to our page, they want to be able to get like an instant snapshot into what it is that we are sort of offering. So if someone clicks over to your page, what is the initial reaction that they get from that? And does your, you know, do your, does your content speak a thousand words in terms of talking all about, you know, what you have on offer? Right. And last time we spoke, you talked about two things that 
I jotted down. One that I didn't know was that that bold writing right under your name is something that can be searched. So you want to optimize that too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to search something on Instagram and you, you know, press the magnifying glass and you type in whatever it is you want to search for, Instagram takes into account two different things when they're showing you search results. They take into account, obviously, your location and so on and how relevant it is to you. But also in terms of other accounts, it will look at, number one, what their username is or their handle. And that's at the very you know, top of your own profile screen. And then it will also take into account the name section of your bio. So if you click onto your own profile, you'll have your handle at the very top. And then just under your profile picture, you'll have that bold section there. So say you're selling, um, you know, say you're selling Actively, for example, but your, you know, your username and your handle doesn't even have that, you know, it doesn't have Active or in the title. If you put the keyword activewear into that bold section, you'll still pop up in search results for anyone searching for activewear. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, I was doing a search for other women in like the sales industry, like other sales coaches to connect with. And I typed in sales coach into, it wasn't, maybe it was accounts search. And yeah, that's the only way they generated was if the bold writing said sales in some sort of way. And then the other thing, and this is sales across the board, sales and marketing across the board, is optimizing your profile also means making it customer focused. So it's not just me, 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 this is who I am, but rather this is the service that I provide for you. This is the value that you're going to receive from following my page. Yeah, totally. And we can bring that into our captions and our visual content really strongly in both stories and main feed posts. Um, And we always talk about, you know, a successful Instagram account's content sort of has two tiers. The first tier is attraction. So it attracts our target audience because it does provide value to them in some way or it entertains them or it, you know, it does something for them. So they're more likely to like it or follow it because, I mean, you know, people are only interested in what you can do for them. Um, and then the second tier is that you do have to get across your key messages. So, you know, having a super entertaining profile for your target audience is great. But at the end of the day, we're still using Instagram as a tool to, you know, market our product or our service. So every now and then we are allowed to talk about, you know, uh, selling our product and what we have coming up and exciting launches and how people can, you know, get in touch with us to get our product or our service. So that's that's also a really important note as well. And we don't have to, you know, veil those within these different, we don't have to hide that's that selling process. We can just be really upfront with it because we have provided that valuable content first. It's like the Gary Vee thing. It's like jab, 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 right hook. We give them all this value. We build rapport with them. And then they're going to want to be asking for how they can work with us further. So those are what we need to think about when we think about what we're posting. Absolutely, 100%. So you're saying that you can also put that in your profile as well. Yeah, totally. So I think we have noticed a shift as well with user behavior, how people are using Instagram more as a tool to find products and services than they are just for entertainment nowadays. Um, So that means, you know, if you have a launch now, yeah, and you want to post a photo of your product, then that's totally fine. Whereas we would have said a couple of years ago, don't don't post a photo of your product because it's too commercial for Instagram. But now we're seeing that two-tier approach works quite well. Right. Okay, so that goes into tip number two, which is provide value first content. So you're saying this is totally acceptable. Absolutely sell your content or excuse me, sell your products within your feed and within your bio as well. And your stories. Like you can sell everywhere. But the point is, as you mentioned, Yeah, follow the jab, 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 right hook, value, value, value. 
and then sell because nobody wants to look at your profile if you're like an infomercial and constantly selling because then you're not connecting. Yeah, exactly that. That is key when it comes to what you're posting on Instagram. Is connecting with your audience. So always provide value, value first content. And then when people go to your profile as well, it's new visitors, they they see that post to you just selling. Okay, so... Is there any more that you want to talk about when it comes to provide value-first content? I think um, value can be in different ways. So it basically means that your aesthetic is your value because you're an interior designer and you want to show how your product can look and, you know, that finished product of the aesthetic is really important. Whereas for some businesses, they're providing value through humor. So they're entertaining the audience and they're being, you know, they're providing value in that other way because they know that, you know, maybe their target audience is 20 something year old woman. So they know what type of memes are going to make them laugh. Or you can use it for education and that can be value. So you can, you know, tell people all about sort of the pillars of holistic healing and give them insights into that. And then, um, you know, later down the line, they can book a session with you. So we don't talk, you know, value can be in different forms, but it is a key way to connect with that target audience that you do want to work with. Right. So I, I feel like everyone's trying to have these beautiful profiles right now, which can be really valuable, but also depending on your demographic, it may not matter. Yeah, definitely. For example, there's there's a few brands that I follow that just you if you go to their profile page, like it's just so incohesive. You look at it and at first look, you're just kind of like, what is this? Especially if you compare it to like, I don't know, bigger brands who have these beautiful, cohesive photos. Yet I feel like it's kind of this myth going around right now that in order to have a an optimized profile that's really serving your community, it needs to be just beautiful. But in reality, as you're saying, you can serve in so many more ways than just having beautiful pictures. Totally. And it kind of leads us on to um, point number three in terms of, you know, if you're going to provide value, one very, very good way to, you know, identify how you can provide value is actually figure out what your customers' pain points are. So if you can figure out, you know, what people actually want, what's the biggest burning problem at the moment, even if you don't have the most um, incredible graphic like you're talking about, but you can really get that through and get that across, say, in your captions or in face-to-camera stories and actually really speak with the right voice that resonates really well with your audience, that's when we're going to see connections being made. Mm-hmm. So we talk- talked about last time how to discover pain points with your target audience. So can you give the listener some some ways in which they can learn how to connect with their audience and identify those pain points so that they can work to solve those problems? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, across any industry, the biggest the, the biggest and easiest way you can do this is you've just got to listen to your customer, listen to what they are complaining about or what they're asking for. The great thing about Instagram is that we do get given these tools that we can use to sort of, you know, help this process along a little bit. So if you already have a bit of an audience, you know, why not put up, uh, you know, question stickers on your stories and say, hey, what's the one thing you're struggling with the most right now? Or same with your email list. For us, we like to, you know, reach out and figure out what's the biggest thing that people are um, searching for at the moment. And I think last time we talked about the site answerthepeople.com um, or is it answer the public? I can't, I can't, I still can't remember again. This is a answer the, it was answer that. the public. I looked into it. I think it's a, it's a paid program too. A paid program. Yeah. It's either answer the people or answer the public and it will show you, um, you can type in there sort of say I might type in like Instagram and it will come up with all the different things that people are searching for related to Instagram. So it might be, you know, I might find lots of people are searching for how to get to my first thousand followers or something. And if that's kind of, 
if that's kind of consistent against what my followers are saying, what the people in real life are saying and what, you know, some research on the internet is telling me, then that's probably a really good indicator that that's perhaps the next guide I should sort of put out and that we can sort of promote across Instagram. That would be like an example of how to find those pain points. Mm-hmm. And I also shared Quora. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I've chatted with lots of other marketers who say they put out content on there first before they share it on the platforms that they regularly engage in and see what kind of feedback they get and look for questions within there as well that people are asking. And that can be an excellent resource as well. And that one's free. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just asking, simply asking people what what they need. Yeah, definitely. Very cool. And then after that, after you find out what the pain points are, you say dangle a juicy carrot, number four. What does that mean? Um, I think what that means is just We've got to think about, you know, people do need a little bit more incentive sometimes. They're not really going to click the link on our bio just because um, it, they just take it upon themselves to do that. Often we've got to give them something in return for that with our call to actions and then what we actually put in that. So I know for Ace the Gram, we know that people probably won't click the link in our bio or we can boost those numbers that do by giving them a free guide. And by giving them a free influence marketing guide, for example, that means that, you know, in our content we can then push people to that that guide by saying um hey this is just you know this give them some value and say this is a snippet of what's in the influence marketing guide that we're giving away for free if you would like you know your own copy just click the link in our bio and you can have one for yourself and then all they need to do when they click the link in the bio to get that free guide is enter their email address which will then grow our emailing list um and help us you know connect with them in the future um, and then I think, you know, at the end of the day, Instagram is yeah. a, a great traffic driving technique to sort of, it's where our target audience is hanging out. So it's where we want to capture them and then send them to the destination we actually want to send them at the end of the day. Um, and offering a juicier carrot, like a free guide or a 10% off their first purchase or any of those juicier carrots, yeah. those are great to put in the link in our bio. Yeah, for sure. And it it comes down to identifying, again, those pain points, because that's just all sales and all marketing, and then producing something for them that they will want to give you their email or their phone number or whatever it may be, because that's how we generate leads. Um, It's not just someone following you and then going and like DMing them and being like, hey, thanks for following me. Here are the products I have available. But it's kind of engaging. It's making sure that they're engaged and truly interested. And the only way to do that is by hanging that carrot down and seeing if they bite. And then you can move forward with with the sale from there. Yeah, I agree. And and I like what you're saying, you know, when it relates to that pain point, that's when it becomes even more powerful. You know, if you are putting out a guide um, and you put it out on something that you think you think you want information you want to give away, that's not necessarily what your customer actually wants to learn about. And I like that you mentioned Cora because if you can kind of say you have an idea and like you say, kind of test the waters and say, would anyone be interested in this? Or, you know, sort of put it out there to your audience. Often you'll see a bigger buy-in as well. Maybe even if you put out like a draft copy and say, hey, who wants to see, um, you know, who wants me to write a guide on this? Write the guide and then put it out again and say, who wants to sort of see and give feedback on the guide? And then you can make sure that when you do put it out, it'll be even better than had you just sort of like thought up something and, and you know, kind of spray and pray approach versus actually getting that buy-in from your target audience. Totally. And you you were saying that you guys had done that. You've sent out like your book and then people gave you feedback and you're like, oh, they want more information on this. And so it created a higher quality free product. For yeah. People. 
Yeah, definitely. And it, it's stuff that you don't even realize, you know, because you're, you're, you're in the day to day of it. So you don't understand what people actually want to see more of. And it was really interesting when we did put that guide out and sort of get the feedback. It was like, oh, we really did skip over that that section there and people do actually need that clarified which is really awesome it means that you come out with a better product at the end right totally and I've I've also heard of marketers saying like if you have no market whatsoever you can do some like paid advertisement on like Facebook and stuff and do like a survey for with who you believe is your target market try and get them to do a survey and dangle a carrot of some sort if they do a survey for you so that you can get feedback have you heard of anything like that yeah definitely and even just even if you just pushed content out and see which is being read the most you know even if it's just like a little blog and you put out a couple of different blogs and see which one people are clicking on the most it probably gives you a very good indication of what people really want to see that's one consistent thing that I found since doing internet and lead generation and everything for our business was just Checking analytics. Analytics is huge. It will give you so many insights into your business, into what's working, into what's not working, where you should be investing most of your time and your resources. Just checking to see, as you were saying, what is getting the most feedback, the content that you're putting out. Oh, and we have we have the access to so many analytics. Like it's just crucial to understand and sort of, you know, be aware of them as well. Totally. And then number five, make it as easy as possible for people to claim your offer. Yeah. So, so I suppose once you've, you know, your profile looks awesome, you've spoken to your customer's pain point, you, they've thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need. They've clicked over. Instead of asking them for like 10 different sort of fields, compulsory fields that they need to fill out, just like at most, I would say two, or we just ask for email only actually. But I mean, you can, a lot of people will just ask for name and email, just first name and email to keep those, you know, following emails really unique but the less information you ask for the more signups that you'll get that's just been statistically proven time and time again because the reality is you know you don't want to stop you just it's it's like a giveaway it's like anything on social like our attention spans are getting smaller and smaller so if it is super easy for someone to catch on and and get that offer then it makes far more sense to do it that way Mm -hmm. and it's making sure that your page loads quickly that it just yeah super seamless easy process and I've seen that for myself as well yeah. when we were doing lead generation for our solar business. When <laughs> The less questions we asked, the more opt-ins we would get, the more leads we would generate. And therefore, I was calling people. These are considered warm leads at this point, I guess, because they opt in. And I'm calling people. I have no idea what their name is just because <laughs> we were getting more conversion on the websites if someone was just putting in their their address and their phone number because we needed the address to run the proposal. Yeah, I've even seen like massive like value-based blogs that are done online and they'd be like oh I don't know, I want to say like 5,000 words or something and they, the value in them is just like phenomenal and the only opt-in opportunity there is is if they explain a concept and then they say if you want to see like a video version or something like explanation sent to your inbox like sign up here and they got actually got more sign-ups by doing little like specific offers within the blog to kind of upskill people a little bit further like have just explained this whole you know how to run this big ad but if you want to see a total walkthrough in ads managers just sign up here just pop your email address in only and they actually saw like a really big increase in signups that way Mm, yeah and that goes back to adding value first like you add a ton of value and people like okay this is a credible resource yeah I'm gonna go ahead and get the rest of the video yeah yeah exactly yeah super super powerful we also talked about books doing like get this book for free you just pay shipping yeah yeah that was the um oh what Sabri Serbi's one sell like crazy and yeah Sabri Serbi that 
book is free plus shipping and that's probably the most recent really awesome sales book I've read and it goes into email marketing quite a lot which is still you know as we know one of the highest converting marketing channels in, online at the moment still to date mm-hmm. so I would highly recommend getting your hands on that book if you can. Yeah okay so then after that we we talked about you take these five steps to increase lead generation through your Instagram account, but then it also takes some hustle and grind in order for people to see your opt-in availability and like the value that you're providing as well. Because I talked about before, I, I know lots of people who are like, you know, I'm putting out great content, but nobody's seeing it. So it just comes down to, you know, doing podcasts and connecting with people and networking and going and hustling and liking people's pictures and engaging with them and not just sitting on your hands hoping that people come to you. Definitely. I think there are, you know, there's this myth that if you post nice content consistently, people will find you on Instagram and you'll grow, which is not true. We've got to, you know, go out there actively and getting in front of our target audience by using things like hashtags, by, you know, collaborations, by influence marketing, by giving away things so that people take their friends. There are so many ways that we can use to get in front of people. And also, you're so right about, you know, what happens after they've got that lead magnet or they're on that email list is okay cool well how is the rest of our sales process you know is our website optimized so that actually buying the product is easy and your web page actually loads fast so they don't just leave it in the cart um, and there's all these other things that translates to a smooth sale or a smooth customer experience for them because people have so much choice these days that if if it isn't smooth and if you know your website does take a little bit longer to load they're probably just going to abandon it and choose someone else so it's about all of those parts of the marketing mix and all of the parts of our business running smoothly so that we can have the best customer experience absolutely because you can get leads all day long but if you don't follow through and create a quality experience it's a dead lead yeah Very cool. Thank you, ladies, so much for your time. Is there anything else that you would want the listener to know? I I, I mean, your podcast is amazing. We talked about one of um, your, you just recently interviewed someone who did something extraordinary. You normally interview people who do extraordinary things on Instagram. I feel like we we have this thing where we try and only interview people that have done something really special with Instagram. So whether they're a marketer and they've got crazy results for a campaign because of something innovative they've done, or whether they're a business owner or an influencer who has, you know, got something really different or some interesting growth strategy about their page. Did you have one in mind that you were thinking of? Oh, yes. Actually, last time I mentioned we interviewed someone, it's a, like a, they recently released a product and they sold a year's worth of a projected stock in six weeks, in their first six weeks. So that is a phenomenal podcast and that is the one with Jay Reeve. So that's well worth a listen on the Instagram podcast. Yes, I will link that as well. I'll link your podcasts and then um, your Instagram profile and yeah, so many insights, so many gems. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Chanel. Thank you so much for having us. And there you have it. If you have any additional questions or need further understanding on any of the things we discussed today, you can connect with me or Vivintosh Instagram on Instagram, my sales community, or the blog post related to this episode. All of the links are in the show notes. And I'll leave you with this last thought. You are amazing, powerful, and capable. No dream or goal is too silly, whatever that dream or goal may be. And the time is now.